everyone, this is a show for rarity seekers out there. This is a show for the people who crave those low population cards and stickers. A show for people who like to turn left when the market's starting to turn right. A show for people who don't want to be told who to buy, because the fun is working it out for yourself. Now let's do this. Cue top loader tapping. Welcome to episode 30 of Pop One. It's time for a chat, and that chat was with Casey from the awesome Instagram account in Holland We Trust, or Holland 316 for the wrestling fans out there. Uh, but yeah, amazing chat. Guy, I, I tried not to step on the toes of his other two podcast appearances, which were probably probably just over a year ago now. One was with Logical Soccer Investing. One was with Soccer Cards Rock. Uh, yeah, if you haven't heard those, I recommend those episodes. You can find out more about his story of just this crazy perfect storm of being in Austria when when Holland's rookie, rookie stickers came out and just how he was just hoovering those up. Um, but yeah, rather than his start in the hobby, that was his reintroduction to the hobby. You know, a childhood collective, hockey. If you see on his feed, you see some NFL cards there. But yeah, big, big sports fan, big sportsman. Now, well, I don't know if I can mention his job, but it's involved in sport. Uh, but yeah, just as the name suggests, massive Holland fan. I think at one point he even dabbled in digital cards. Like There just weren't enough Holland cards out there for him, so he had to go digital. It's like a guy walking down the street with a cigarette in one hand, a vape pen in the other hand. Are they pens? Anyway, a vape machine in the other hand and a nicotine patch on each arm. Like He just couldn't get enough Holland. Any, any way he could get some, he was going for it. Uh, but yeah... But at the same time, I, I don't want to make this episode all about Holland. But at the same time, he's just obviously had a massively high-profile move to Man City, so timing-wise, that was very topical. And yeah, no, unfortunately, this turns out to be very Holland-heavy, probably more than the first half of the episode. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the guy, comedy and insight. I mean, he's basically he's basically a character on his Instagram account. For me, the beauty of the character is Holland is is pretty. He is, it wouldn't basically it wouldn't work if Holland wasn't as good as he was. If he was slightly an inf, an inferior player, like it would just be too obviously bullshit to anyone who's sort of not in on the joke. If if someone's not following him and sees it, like what what the hell is going on? But Holland is is just at that level where it's the perfect balance of is this a spoof? Is this a character? Could this be real? Does he believe everything he says? For, for me, it's just perfect. And yeah, much needed entertainment in a hobby that can, you know, just the word hobby. I know for everyone, it's not a hobby. Some people, it's a job, it's a career. But yeah, for me personally, I need people like Casey. Um, he reminds me of Justin from AFCB Cards. I need that balance of insight and just pure having fun, not taking himself too seriously from Canada he's back living there now and obviously yeah from Canada 2022 is a pretty cool year to be a Canadian soccer fan world world cup qualified unlike Italy for example but yeah Canada Canada are going to be there and obviously four years after that they're going to be one of the joint hosts with Mexico and the US so yeah a pretty pretty cool different time for Casey in that sense you know I'm just trying to think Canadian We've also had people from US on the show, Australia, Brazil, Scotland, 
South Africa via Texas. Uh, yeah, other guests from America. So yeah, global, global guests. But yeah, anyway, let's get on with the show because it's quite a long one. That's just the way it is. But yeah, I, I was a fan of that. I, I didn't know what to take out. I tried to edit it, got it down a bit, but yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Enjoy. Erling Haaland, right here, right now, on the table, in your face. A player you, I don't know, you keep it a bit of a secret, but Erling Haaland, a favourite player of yours, maybe? Just, it's the move of the summer, surely. But yeah, what, what's your thought about Man City for him? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you pretty neutral? How do you feel? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, obviously, you know, he... If I were to list my top favorite players, he would he would be in the top five, all five slots. So uh, this was uh, it was an exciting move. I mean, it was a little bit, you know, kind of foreseen for the last few months. So it was, you know, it was a little anticlimactic when it actually happened. It was more of, you know, like when is it going to happen? And there was no uh, last minute. Uh, I don't know, last minute drama, which, you know, could possibly happen with Mbappe here. Uh, another yeah. report this morning where um, he might even stay at PSG now. And I'm sure that'll flip flop back and forth a bit. Uh, but in, as, as far as my world is concerned, I mean, it is, it is the move of the summer and yeah, it, it is exciting. I, I mean, we knew it was going to happen, but I mean, the more you, you think about, you know, the potential for him at Man City, um, can't say it's anything but exciting. I mean, this is, you know, the premier or, you know, hit maybe one of the two premier strikers in the game. And uh, he's coming to the, the biggest and most covered league in the world. So um, I'm excited as a, as a fan and a collector. And um, I think uh, fans of the premier league, uh, should be pretty pumped too. Definitely, and I'm, I'm just thinking when Haaland first, Holland, I should say, when he when he first really popped hobby wise, it was when he was in the Champions League, and I think he was against PSG. I think he scored a brace. Obviously, he was scoring for fun, but that was in the group stage. But in those Champions League knockouts, and since then we haven't really seen it. But yeah, now at Man City. Like you, you, you're looking at without jinxing it, you're looking at semi-finals, minimum almost, quarter-finals, semis, finals. It, it, I just can't see how it's a bad move for him in terms of the hobby. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, um, I, I hope you're right. Um, I'd like to think that that team is is built for those type of consistent runs. Like you said, you never know how things go at like real soccer wise, anything can happen. I mean, um, you know, you look at, uh, at Villarreal this year, nobody f- would have, would have predicted them to make it to the semis. Um, but hobby, you know, hobby wise is interesting. I mean, his, his market is, is going down a bit. Um, yeah. but I would say, uh, at the same time, the, the whole market, um, is, is going down and that's, probably because we saw astronomical prices uh, in all corners of the market. Uh, so um, it's, 
I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, if if I could predict this stuff for for where where his market will actually go a year from now, um, well, then I'd be uh, way way smarter than everybody else. But I, I don't think I'm smarter than everybody else. Um, so it's um, good. The good thing is I got in early enough where you know it's almost impossible to lose short of him. You know becoming a mass murderer or something like that. <laughs> well, yeah, if he was a murderer, he would be, he'd be one of the most prolific. Uh, don't know why I'm yeah. saying that. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, uh, I think OJ Simpson rookie cards still probably sell for something. So, uh, <laughs> some, so maybe, maybe, it, maybe it would not be a, a terrible thing, but maybe if he went, I think, think if he went like all Mason Greenwood, which is objectively, you know, everybody hates that. So yeah. um, that would probably tank the market. No opinion there. No, I'm just, I'm just picturing in, instead of OJ down the highway or the freeway or <laughs> in a car, just Harlan just sprinting down the, down the freeway <laughs> with his great hair going everywhere and just. <laughs> but no, Man, Man City lose a couple of players in, injury-wise, a few of their key players. They just. Like, let's say they lose Mares De Bruyne. They they got Bernardo Silva. They bring in Sterling. It's like I don't know. I just I just think he's he's set to be still still in the mix at this sort of springtime of year when in a normal market you know you sort of prices would tick up in a normal cycle just when all the excitement comes. But yeah, Premier League wise, I don't know. They can't, they can't really help Man City do more than they're doing at the moment. You know, they've won the league. What is it like? Assuming they win, is it tomorrow or Sunday? But yeah, assuming they win this week, it's yeah. going to be three out of the last four or something. But yeah, it's all about the Champions League, I guess. And yeah, I think I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he does. I've seen yeah. I've seen a lot of people. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Just no, I've no. seen a lot of people say like, you know, it's easy to score goals for Dortmund or in the Bundesliga, but look at his record for Norway as well. It's it's basically a goal a game as well. Yeah, and I mean, it's not e- first of all, it's just in sports. It's it's not easy to to score in any of the highest leagues. Um, the uh, the Bundesliga is obviously not at the consistent level um, of the Premier League uh, in terms of you know team for team quality. Um, or even the the top teams, but you know when you are the only legitimate scoring threat on a team, you know the opposition naturally is going to do everything they can to take you away. And the second part is, you know he you know he lost his best setup man this season in Sancho. And Royce was out for, you know, Holland was injured, but also Royce was out a little bit. And there was really nobody, you know, he didn't really have too many, you know, quality players, um, even at the Bundesliga. Like, I'm talking about like real quality players, like, you know, yeah. to, to set him up as, you know, he's a, he's a pure striker. He, he relies on playmakers. Um, but at the same time, this year, you know, for anyone who watched him closely this year, like he actually became a better distributor of the ball um, this season. Um, he uh, improved some of his heading skills as well. Um, so, in, in it actually, like I, I think his game got better, um, even though the numbers 
I mean, they were consistent, like they didn't jump off the map, but, um, you know, you, I think you can see it translating, you know, to the prem with better quality players. And then at the same time, like you said, it's, it is all about the champions league, um, at least as far as the hobby is concerned. And, yeah. um, he has delivered in pretty much every aspect of that competition um, minus the team getting past uh, the quarterfinal stage. So, you know, you'd like to think when he, when he gets into those big moments with, with Man City, he'll be the, you know, the guy delivering when it, when it counts. Um, yeah. So I, if I'm honest, I am a fan of Man City's strikeless formation. I'm a mm-hmm. fan of, I was trying to think earlier, I think it was Spain in 2012. It was either Fabregas or David Silva would be like the false nine. And they they won that title, I'm going to say with ease. I think they got through penalties on either the quarters or the semis. But that team was amazing. I think this City team is amazing. So just in that sense, it's interesting to me because now they've got, I'm going to say the best finisher. Like even at this age, they've now got the best. I'm not going to call him a poacher because I think he is developing a a bit more to his game, as you've said, with his distribution. I know assist numbers don't mean anything. They can, you need the context behind that, but in like half a season's worth of games, he's up at seven assists, which is, you know, that's people like Lewandowski are down at two or three. If anything, they're more of the poachers. But yeah, I'm excited just the contrast. And it, it, that that's why I think it's a great discussion because it's it's, it's not just a simple case of, okay, Man City score X amount of goals. They've now got a much better goal scorer. They'll score X extra amount of goals. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's But I think it's just options, which in those later stages of the Champions League, I mean, I, I, love, the, I love the guy Foden, but he did miss a couple of big key chances in crucial points, which they later paid for. And yeah, the one player you'd probably want in that clutch moment, you know, it could be Haaland. Yeah, I'm not sure the point I'm trying to make here, but I, either way, I'm excited. Yeah, and, and I, 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 I do understand, I think what you're saying is, I mean, options gives you, I mean, when you have options, you, it's, it's, it's a luxury. It's, it's not, um, we're relying on, on this only, and if another team is trying to shut that down or force you into a weakness, you know, that, you know, that's, I mean, it's, that's what Bill Belichick does uh, from a, you know, a, an American football standpoint, you know, he tries to, you know, force you to, you know, shut down your strength, force you to your weakness. And I mean, I, I would say if you're, if you're game planning for a team in a two game set in the champions league, you know, that's what you have to do. You have to game plan specifically for teams so when you have options. Well, now you can go in several directions. Um, yeah. You know, if if a team tries to key in on on Holland, then well, they do have you know other guys who can get the job done. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, there's there's that, but there's also I mean, there's some just Man City is fantastic guy, fantastic guys all up and down the formation. You can distribute the ball. Um, so when you you look at what what Holland is as a striker, he, he's not a poacher, but um, he's going to get goals, goals as a result of the buildup. Um, you hope that, um, 
he keeps developing his ability to, ability to head the ball. So, you know, coming off of set pieces, he can be more of a threat. Um, so it's, I, I just, I like to think that with a team of that quality in terms of players and coaching, they're going to figure out a way to, to get the most out of, of that type of player. Um, you'd have to just be completely stupid not to be <laughs> like not to be it's able just, to pull it off with with this with this type of team it's funny you said it was not an anti-climax but yeah it was a matter of when not if because i, I was thinking it, it was man city not dortmund man city by munich or real madrid were the only three i could personally see mm-hmm. yes the way Benzema and Lewandowski are defying their ages, it, it did then funnel it towards Man City, it's seemingly. It just seemed too obvious a fit. And yeah, obviously it's now happened. But now Lewandowski's moving. I guess there was yeah, a which is wild. Which is, uh, that, that one's, I don't, I, I don't think many people saw that one coming. That's wild to me. To, I mean, to me, he's just become... Well, not just me, but he's become synonymous with that team, and yeah. um, especially being in Germany. I mean, he is as big of a star as 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 Holland is. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm, you know, Bayern Munich is. I mean, that their support is up and down the country, and, and Lewandowski. I mean, you just it, he he is the biggest star in the league. Um, you know, probably, you know, probably the most underrated player in the world because I don't think people I don't think people give him enough credit for how good he has been and and has done in in all competitions as well like it's so you know although I am a you know biased towards Holland I mean I just I can't get over how this guy is just defying you know where he should be in his career it's it's insane I think that has turned around a lot in terms of people underrating him. I think the reaction to him not winning the last Ballon d'Or sort of hinted that, okay, people people do think he's the best in the world. Well, in terms of performance over the last calendar, two calendar years, I think, yeah, I, I, I was in the camp that he is underrated, but that, I'm not going to say uproar that he didn't win the Ballon d'Or, but that reaction was like, okay, yeah, people give him the respect he deserves now. Sure. Um, I think, you know, I think you're, you're right. Perception wise, like public perception wise, or, or critically, I think the Ballon d'Or is, it's not the, it, it is treated like it is the biggest deal of individual awards because, well, I mean, there are no higher profile awards for all of, you know, global football. Uh, but I mean, you know, they gave it to Messi because his team won the Copa America, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I don't see how you can give an individual award based on team performance. And if you look yeah. at the ballots historically for, for that award, there's guys who make their way, you know, in the voting based on team success. And all those play, although those players are critical parts of team success you need 11 guys to win um and then in terms of like a Messi or Ronaldo I mean those guys are obviously you know two you know probably the two best players ever and uh 
you know, reputation kind of precedes itself for, for them. And, and they're just gonna, they're just going to get the benefit of the doubt anytime something like this needs to be selected, you know, like it's, yeah. their name is synonymous with, with the award. I think a, a good way to highlight that is Jorginho of Chelsea in Italy. A lot of people are saying he should be top three for the Ballon d'Or because Chelsea won the Champions League, Italy won the Euros. A year later, he's exactly the same player. Not that I've watched even half of their games, but he's probably playing at the same level. And think how ludicrous it would be if he was top three for the Ballon d'Or this year, despite being the same player. So yeah, it's, it's just team yeah. driven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously a very good player, um, but best in the world in, in a calendar year. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. But now, the last thing I just want to say about Lewandowski is in support of Holland, take both of them at Holland, Holland's age now, 21. I think, I think he's way ahead, which is... You know that I think that's the excitement about him. What is what is his ceiling, given where he is at twenty, and now at twenty-one? Obviously, he hasn't progressed much in the last year because of injury. But that head start he has is why is yeah is is why people got so excited about him in, in cards as well. Absolutely, and not only does he have a, you can't even call it a head start because. Performance is performance, right? Like what he's yeah. done, he's he's already done. Um, he's banked it, and and even though he didn't statistically take a, a a next step this year, it's still it's not like that line went down. If you're talking about like a a performance curve over time, but um, he made, he maintained a goal a game, which is right, exactly it's backing up. It's shown he's not like a one or two season thing. Even by maintaining it, it's backing up a cra- like a goal a game is crazy. It's, it's insane. And what like one of the things that I was kind of just looking at uh, recently was the performance of Ronaldo at his age twenty one season uh, in the in the Premier League, and he you know I mean simple numbers, simple stats, but you know seventeen goals in. Um, in 34 matches in his uh, in his age 21 season, so I mean, um, Holland's going to turn uh, 20. When does he turn 22? What the end of the year, I think. Yeah, it's a later or no? He's uh, sorry, he's a July birthday, so he'll he'll turn okay. 20. He'll turn 22 um, next season. So if you if you look at what Ronaldo was this as a 21 year old, so 17 goals in, in 34 matches played, which is, was kind of like his kind of coming out party is, or a breakout season. They won the premier league that year. And then, you know, just looking at the numbers now, like the, the next season was, so that would be Holland's age 22 season next year. So that was kind of that first step to superstar to more. He had 31 and 34 games. Um, so if, I mean, 31 goals for Holland would be, uh, you know, almost a best case or best hope scenario for for um, for a fan or an investor, um, but that's not. I mean, even if he comes close to that, I mean, that is taking that would be taking that next step and be would be in line with those age curves. Um, 
And I think that's realistic, not necessarily 30, 31, but I, like you said, at least 20 is, is fair. And it's, it's kind of those, it's numbers like that, which would make him the, the face of the league. Um, yeah. And the uh, kind of one of the more exciting things that I can think of is, is kind of how the Premier League has taken off in the United States and the amount of coverage it gets now and how people are interested in it. And so the timing could work out really well for him to take over for Ronaldo, for Messi is kind of, you know, with, with Mbappe, of course, as, as the face of the sport, but being that face of the Premier League, um, you know, it could, you know, just could make him a household name in, in the U.S., which is, you know, for the hobby, that's that's what we all want. I mean, that, that drives the market. Yeah, because, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of it as competitors for face of the league. You know, De Bruyne, Salah, they're not, they're not getting any younger. They're sort of almost the wrong side of 30. Lewandowski's definitely the wrong side of 30. Benzema, all these players that can, can score a goal a game like him, you know, they could be out of the sport in a few years' time. So yeah, that's and, it. and none of those and no, only only Salas in the in the Premier League. Um, yeah, and it's you know there's obviously different types of, of players and you know fans. I'm not necessarily talking about the actual you know diehard fans or the people who are really really into the sport, where you know they know how good a guy like De Bruyne is without scoring astronomical goals uh, type deal. Um, I'm just thinking of a marketing standpoint. I'm thinking of branding. I mean, Holland, I mean, it it matters. He speaks perfect English, like coming from a Scandinavian country. um, It's they, they learn it, you know, when they're, when they're kids. So it's, you know, it's easy for him to translate to it's just so easy with his flair his style his you know the language um for him just to translate to a to a north american superstar assuming he you know performs on the field um yeah it's 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 almost too good to be true (laughs) yeah you don't want to jinx it but no yeah i know right i'm in the camp that if he stays fit it's going to be a good ride yeah. Yeah, let's see. But yeah, let's let's go back to stickers. I was going to say cards, but definitely stickers. I won't go over things you've covered before. Your crazy story about hoovering up all the football <laughs> boxes in was it Austria or Germany? It was just yeah, in it was Austria. In, in Austria. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, I just want to I want to ask for an update. So you were very. <laughs> <laughs> very vocal against BGS because of your experience with with them grading some of your stickers, or I should say, not grading some of your stickers. Like, what is the latest with those copies specifically? Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, I made that public, and and I may 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 have gotten blocked by uh, by Beckett Media, um, and their. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Um, it's yeah, so good to know, it's good to know they actually exist. 
because yeah. lack of customer service, you'd think that literally was no one there. It, it's it's wild. I mean, like the uh, with BGS because uh, yeah. So just specifically to your question, um, for people who don't know, I submitted six um, Holland first print stick stickers to BGS um, in July of 2020, I think. And it was well over a year before I got my return. And when I received the return, um, you know, the, the, the grade reveal about a year later, uh, they didn't grade any of those stickers. Uh, excuse me. Uh, five of them were first print one of them was a second print, the white bordered sticker, and they gave that a nine, which is whatever. It's agreed. Um, but they didn't grade the first uh, prints because people were submitting. I, I don't I don't even know why, but they just said all of them were trimmed, which is I'm not a sticker trimmer. Um, I don't. <laughs> and secondly, all of them, all the ones I, I submitted were slightly off center. So there was, there was no way I would trim a card to, or trim a sticker to make it worse. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, those are still um, ungraded in my possession, but the plan is with PSA reopening up their economy levels um, to resubmit them at 50 bucks a pop um, to PSA. I, I think they should all, or they could all, you know, potentially do do relatively well, and you know, hopefully there could be at least a ten in there would be nice. Um, yeah. At the same time, I had uh, later on I, in early 2021, I had ten other first print stickers that I submitted to PSA, and I just got those back with my my recent return a few weeks ago, um, and they were all. Um, eights and nines, and those were my worst ten, according to my eye test. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I don't. I was actually shocked that I had five nines. Um. So yeah, I was even surprised I got five eights. Like I was like, ah, oh, like some of these because of the centering. I'm like these could get, you know, sixes or sevens. But no, no surprise fives. No. Unfortunately, I've experienced. Yeah. It. It was okay. Like, so, so I had this big kind of to get off the Holland subject of the stickers, but, um, so I had this in this submission, I submitted, um, these, I submitted 10 Holland stickers. I submitted eight or nine Luka Doncic rookie stickers and about, uh, same number of like Trey Young stickers. I mean, these are the Panini ones and, were easy to get from Europe and um but yeah like among the order were these stickers and then so the Holland ones were all consistent in in the eights and nines but then on the the basketball ones I submitted like I had you know a handful of tens in between them but if they weren't tens then I got like sixes it was either a 10 or a six on all of them and I was like how do you go for and, and I'm not a my, I would say my eye test is pretty good, but like, I don't think I'm, I'm at the point where I could say so far off in my eye test where one's a six and one's a 10. Like it was, it was bizarre to me. Um, 
Did you check them under magnification, either before or since? No, I, I don't even, I always just use the eye test and I just put it up against light yeah. and use my eyes. I mean, I've, I've been around grading for a long time. So, um, and the results that I've received in the past few years where I've started submitting, you know, at mass, um, like I've done pretty well, I would say. So I think I can spot a, a high grade card when, when I see one, um, and stick, I know stickers are different, but I mean, a six and a 10, like that should be, that should be a major difference in, in terms of what you see. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah. So anyways, that's, that's been the, the recent foosball sticker, um, kind of where, where I'm at. And then at the same time, I still got 16 boxes, which <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm sitting on a, on a stockpile. Um, and, uh, what do you think the average, what do you know roughly how, how many hot Haulands you hit per box or is it fairly random? So it's about, I would say in my experience, it's about one in every two boxes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's less than I would have imagined. Okay. That's... Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was interesting, you know, the, when, when I started trying to, to pull the stickers, the first thing I did was, um, I went and just bought a hundred packs and I didn't pull one. I bought a hundred packs and I didn't pull one, um, Jeez. which was, I'm like, okay, this, this must be pretty hard. Um, and then I started doing some research online and I went on YouTube and I just watched people break, um, the foosball boxes. And there was a handful of videos and, and you could see like, okay, it's not in every box, but it looks like it's about, you know, one every few boxes. And what I noticed in my personal experience and then by watching the videos, you know, you would see like Zabodzlai, for example, um, his sticker was more frequent. Um, Pats and Docs, Dacas was less frequent. Um, Minamino was less frequent, but he want. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Um, uh, the Korean player. Uh, he he want. Oh, the one that. Yeah. Huang. Yeah. Huang. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher his name any further, but anyways, like I pulled a bunch of his stickers. Um, so, you know, over, over time, um, you know, things, um, I wouldn't say they evened out, but I pulled enough of everybody, but Zob, uh, uh, I probably screwed up his name too, the, the Hungarian name. Um, you know, I pulled his the most by far. Like, I think I had well over 20 to well, probably 20 to 30 of his and I you know, have sold a bunch, but, um, his were, were the most frequent. Okay. Yeah. I was just trying to run the numbers in my head. Checklist size, hundred packs. It's what five stickers a pack. I think it was for those. Yeah. Yeah. And is it 50 packs in a box or is it more? Uh, it's 50 packs in a box. Okay. But yeah, it's not, I guess it's not completely shocking if you didn't get any in that hundred packs, but yeah, still, I'm still a bit on the unlucky side. 
Yeah, just... it was. Um, but then the the funny thing was, so like, so I bought those hundred packs, and then um, I wasn't discouraged. I went back out there, and I you know found another grocery store, and I bought another hundred packs or something like that. And then I pulled two stickers within the first like fifteen packs. Amazing. Yeah, and I remember like the first one I pulled, it was like it's like taking crack. Like <laughs> I'm just like, oh my! I was like just like, Oh my God. Like that was like, I thought I pulled like the greatest thing ever. And then, uh, and I, I ended up selling the first two I, I pulled, I ended up selling. Um, and when, you know, when you get the, the PayPal transfer and, and you see like, you know, you know how much people are willing to pay for, for some of these things, like you're kind of like, huh, like this is just wild. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that was, that was, that was a fun time. It was a really fun and exciting time back then. I think I remember, I remember when they got to about 30 euros, this is like March, April, 2020. And I was like, Oh my God, this is insane. So yeah, I went to find some packs, got one. When, when I subbed it, it was a pop zero sticker. Obviously it was cause PSA was closed. Like it was a pop zero sticker. Huh. Obviously I knew in my head, it's not going to be a super rare sticker, but that's obviously a very different story. Now I checked recently 403 PSA 10s. We don't know how, how, how many of them are each of the prints, mm-hmm. which ideally I guess we would. I, I, it'd be interesting to hear your take on that as well. But what, what was your plan? If, if Beckett graded them as they should have, were you going to, hang on to one, sell the rest, you know, cause th- they could have, they could have cost you money. Cause yeah, if you know, that market has dipped a fair bit cause of his inactivity, presumably, and cause of those populations going up and up and up. Right. What was your plan? Um, it's a good question. I don't, I guess it would have determined, I guess it would have, deter- it would have been based on, on the grade. Um, uh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, there obviously wasn't much of a plan at the time because like I graded it with Beckett and, and not PSA. Um, so what, I didn't have a good plan. Um, at that point when I was kind of getting back into the hobby after a long hiatus, like I just had remembered Beckett being like the premier grading company, like way back in the day. Um, and so submitting it to PSA wasn't even, really a thought. Um, and then over time I'm like, ah, damn, I probably should have just submitted those to PSA because I realized kind of where the market was going. Um, uh, going, you, the original, sorry, the original question is, uh, just what was my plan or what was my thought? But no, uh, no, no, your answer is oh. good. I, I didn't factor in. Obviously it, it does depend what grades you get, what you then do with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I probably, I, I'm just trying to think back. Like I, there, I'm sure at some point I had stars in my eyes thinking like, Oh wow. Like I, you know, this one sold for, you know, two to three grand. Uh, you know, if mine comes back at BGS 10, then, then, you know, what does that mean? Like, or a 9.5 and you know, you're the seeing how the market has just kind of fluctuated like crazy in the past, couple of years, you know, there's times where everybody got stars in their eyes. And then, you know, it was about 
kind of who had their stuff on the market first. So exactly. Um, and now with the, the pop counts and the market dipping, uh, I, I mean, the good thing for me is I sold enough raw stickers in general or boxes in general and packs where I'm, I'm well ahead no matter what on my investment. Um, it's like, I, I have nothing to complain about and nothing to nothing. I mean, there are mistakes I made in the hobby in my first couple of years back. Uh, but I would say none of those mistakes were sticker related. Um, other, other mistakes, which yeah, kind of regretting. <laughs> Well, no, a lot of the mistakes, to be honest, a lot of the mistakes are, I assume you're referring to buying stuff you maybe shouldn't, but I think not no, buying, I, in I hindsight, say, not buying is probably the worst. I would, I would actually, my, the biggest mistake I made was selling um, something too early. And so uh, quickly, just to get into that, um, around that time, so my brother and I, we, you know, we had a history going back of collecting when we were kids and we collected together. And around that July, 2020 time, when, when we were really starting to get back into things, uh, the Chrome Bundesliga set was about to be released. And my brother and I, we split, um, our money on buying a case of the 2019, 20 tops Chrome Bundesliga where the Holland rookie was going to be in. Yeah. And, Essentially, we bought the case and we doubled our money selling it. Um, where if we held on to it, we probably, well, I mean, the case goes for, I've seen it listed for 50 grand. I don't know if it gets that, but it probably gets, it gets a lot of money. And so, yeah, we no, probably, yeah obviously, the, the vulnerability with the stickers, the, the pops going up and up and up. Whereas the case, you know, that, that is a set amount from day one everyone sort of knows where they stand relatively. So yeah, that case is yeah, definitely, definitely kept its desirability factor up. But how, how did you resist opening it? Well, that was the thing. Like me and my, me and my brother even just keeping half the boxes selling another half or something. So it's, it's funny how like my brother and I have a funny relationship with, with our, with cards and stickers because we don't, we don't collect together he has his own collection i have my own collection but we co-invest in a couple things and so in that case i was saying the whole time let's rip let's rip it let's rip it (laughs) i was like we should rip it and he was no we're either going to hold this for a long time and sell it later or we're going to quick flip it but we're not opening it and he was dead set against opening it and at that time i just i just wanted the money so i'm just like well if we're not going to rip it then we'll sell it now and he's like, he's like, fine. He's like, he was just so against ripping it. And then now we talk about it. Like we, you know, we're over it. Like, in, like there's nothing we can do, but he's just like, ah, should have ripped it. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's funny. It just sort of shows what it was like back in 2020. You're having sleepless nights over the fact you've doubled your money. Only yeah. Doubled your money. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's but just... then, then another funny anecdote about us is we later on uh, before the market even got even higher we we ended up buying a case of tops finest champions league 2019-20 and 
we bought it relatively cheap um, based on what the prices could be now. Yeah. And at that point, like we both wanted to rip it because of like, I don't know, we just decided to rip it and we pulled like nothing, like three Hall, three Hollands um, out of the whole um, case and all, all three of them in our latest, we finally got the, the return back and, and thankfully all three of them graded tens, but uh, the market for the, <laughs> for the finest cards have gone down. So it's like, uh, even if we even if we sold all three of those dens, like we still only get a fraction of our of our investment back. Um, yeah. So, um, just you know, it's a crazy it's a crazy hobby, um, and it's it's but it's good. It is fun. I mean, I do I do enjoy even telling the bad stories. Just just that partnership. So okay, you've told me off off mic that you know your brother lives in America. If you could have picked a partnership, one person in Austria, one person in the US, I mean, that, that, that's like the dream team you would have picked <laughs> early 2020. Yeah, well, uh, there, was, there was a third, uh, the third partner in there at the time was my girlfriend who, who allowed me to, to go nuts and, and was with me in the car rides driving around Austria, buying up stuff. <laughs> um, and she, she actually was... Uh, her, her, I didn't have a PayPal account at the time and she did. So all the money was going to her PayPal account. So I had to, I put a lot of trust in her. Um, money laundering scandal. (laughs) Well, thankfully she just didn't break up with me and and take the money and run. So, um, (laughs) so that was nice. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, uh, especially with COVID hitting at that time, it was just kind of, it was kind of like one of those, you never, you never know when you're going to be in the right place at the right time. But that was, you know, I would say like one of those very fortuitous times in my life where I can definitively say that I was in the right place at the right time. <laughs> yeah. But no, 400, I'm not going to say 403 people. Cause you know, obviously someone with one, some of those tens, they could have multiple copies, but yeah, there's 403 PSA tens now. Are you of the theory of, as well that, well, in fact, I stole it from you that the third prints are in general centered much better. They're just seemingly just produced more crisply. There's something about them that makes them more gem friendly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, I would say just, I mean, everything I have is personal experience. So I just, I, I know definitively it's, um, it is centered more consistently and more to a uniform standard. Um, I don't, I, I can't explain why um, it's like that. It's just, it is. Um, I mean, maybe a lot of those are, are tens, but they're also grading the whites, the white sticker the same. So it's, uh, it's one, of, it's going to be one of those hobby mysteries that, you know, even when I look on the computer, sometimes I have a hard time telling which, which print it is. Um, yeah. Exactly. And a lot of it is just the lighting of, of, of how you take the picture. Um, I, I can't, well, okay, if there's two side by side, I can tell from the fronts, but otherwise I, I have to flip them over because, yeah, but apparently some people can just tell from the, the shade of gray or black on the front, which I can't do, put it that way. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't really tell that well online in person. Like it is, there's a difference. Um, and, and the cardstock is the cardstock is a little different too. Um, 
like just the the way it's print like the paper it's printed on you can if you have them both like you can tell like i i just know that just from is that like a shade of a shade of white or is the third print a bit thicker like it it it's a little different size like it's a little thicker or wider like it's just i'd have to I've, <laughs> it's been a while since I, I, I don't have a third print anymore. So it's been a while since, um, since, uh, actually, no, I still have one. Yeah, okay. I lied. I still have one. Um, but it's, and it's whiter. Yeah. It's, uh, it's whiter. And then you can tell with the ink, like it's, it's definitely definitively darker. Um, and I've even had some of the, the first print stickers, like they, the ink on the back is like faded and somebody told me at some point that's because you know when panini gets to the end of their printing you know the ink fades and they got to put in a new ink cartridge so like a lot of the stickers are printed with a fainter um with fainter ink so yeah uh, which makes sense um you know quality the quality control for the stickers is not meant like for people to spend you know thousand dollars on a sticker and have so, yeah, I, I remember from opening yeah. those. I remember from opening those packs that yeah, within one pack there'll be five different shades of grey, mm-hmm. you know, on the reverses, you know, different faded to different amounts. So yeah, there was there was definitely a range. Yeah. Um, so blame Panini. <laughs> <laughs> but talking of blame Panini. I don't know how normal it is. Like, why did why did they do the extra prints? Just demand, was it? Do you reckon? I I would I would guess demand. And there there's something like I I messaged uh, their customer service in Italy about this, and and nobody there gave me an answer, um, which is not surprising. But like they didn't even like you. There was there's a lot of funny business. Like people come, I like people uh, saying they got an email about the 500 print white stickers, which was yeah. totally a fabricated email. Whoever put that <laughs> in. Like, but people believed it. Like there was like, just remember like reading online, like people talking about how there's only 500 prints of these or somebody on or, or accounts on eBay, like only advertising 500. And it's just like, it's like, dude, I have 30 of these. There's no way I have 30 of, of 500. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the one, the one interesting that, that I've, I've seen at least, um, anecdotally on, on eBay is that the white sticker does go for more. Like, so, um, uh, people do see a scarcity element there and, and I would, wager that that part of that is because the third print and the, and the first print look the same yeah they are yeah that's the ironic thing oh, poor poor first print poor first print man yeah yeah so it's how the she truth. goes yeah the the actual 2019 one of the three like the 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 funny thing is or a funny thing for me is like there's no way for me to prove that like the prints that I have are actually first prints now because like, obviously I didn't film myself opening the packs or anything like that. So, uh, I mean, unless, you know, like you said, you put, you know, put them side by side. It's the only, it's the only way to tell. Um, 
but at, at the same time, I don't, people probably don't even really care. Like as long as there's people willing to buy both prints, which there are, um, I don't think it really, I don't think people really care. Fair. So the 16, is it 16 boxes you still have? Yes. What, what are these long-term holds are these, you've got a lot of flexibility within 16 boxes. Yeah. So I, it's, it's funny the way they were, where they were, they were packaged because when I was picking these up in Austria from the retailers, um, some of them were wrapped in, uh, just a clear wrapping and then other, yeah. And then, um, they also had like a panini seal. So it was clearly sealed at the panini factory, I guess. Um, and then others were not sealed like with uh, the wrapping, but, and they were only sealed with, um, scotch tape. So just one strip of scotch tape to close the box. And so I have, I think off the top of my head, I think four or five of them have the wrapping seal. And then the rest of them are just like, I just kind of talked about with the scotch tape. Um, like I've never opened them. They've never been opened. Uh, but just the way they were sold, like you'd, I'd go to some places and they were wrapped and others they weren't. It was just, it was weird. Um, I, I don't know why. Um, like, uh, I went to, uh, at one, like one of the things I did was I ordered 10 boxes from a tobacco shop. I just said, can you like order these for me? I tried to get 50 and they, they came. (laughs) Yeah, I swear. Like, I'm like, I went up, I just went and I'm like, can you get me 50 of these? And the woman there said, you know, she called the supplier and she's like, yes, we can get 50. Um, but then she's like, okay, we were only able to get 10. They're not selling anymore. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but none of them were wrapped. They just had a piece of scotch tape sealing them. So I just, the, the quality control is just bizarre of, of yeah. everything. <laughs> well, the, one, the ones that are just scotch tape, you can fill them with GI Joe cards, send, send them to BBC. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's all good. Yeah, no, I don't have the the, the skills to, to pull that off. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think what I'll probably do is is sell a few of them at least, um, just to to hedge a little bit. I mean, the the sales for the actual foosball boxes, you know, are relatively infrequent. Um, people still have have them listed for, you know, between you know, 750 to, to 1200 bucks, something like that on eBay. Um, the handfuls that are up there. Uh, I don't, I don't know how many people are willing to pay those prices. Uh, but I think there was a sale the other day for about, you know, 500, 500 something for, for a box, which is still a lot for a sticker box. Still um, great. Considering what you would have picked them up for presumably. Yeah. Uh, but Oh, for sure. I mean, I was, I sold boxes for half that price and still came out, came out pretty well. Um, but I think like the people, I mean, the best sort of way to gauge the price of a box is just what the Panini foot ones do. Um, 
the Mbappe box. Uh, so I'm just Googling that now. It says, I mean, the most recent sale for the Panini foot one was only 624 bucks, um, which is actually, that's the lowest I've ever seen it. So, I mean, I've seen those, those Mbappe boxes go for, you know, well over a thousand in the past couple of years. Um, yeah. So I don't know the, the sealed, the sealed sticker box market is, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know where it's at long-term, but I think it's like, it's a, it is, I mean, to me, it's, it's a cool collector's piece, at least like I think having the boxes is, I mean, because you're seeing more and more stickers come out graded, I mean, having the box, like to me, especially the, the wrapped one seems pretty cool. Yeah, but do you not, you know, you're in a crack addict. Are they not, <laughs> do they not want one more fix, one more hit? Uh, I, I've had enough. I've had enough of the ripping, <laughs> of the ripping. Like it's, um, I think, uh, knowing how much I can still get for a box. If, if I were yeah. to rip and pull nothing, I, I'd kind of kick myself. So, I mean, the other day I went to, uh, I went to a Walmart and I bought, uh, I bought a, a blaster box of, you know, some NFL cards and I pulled nothing. And I'm just like, man, I just wasted 50 bucks or 40 bucks or whatever. I'm like, that was just, that was the dumbest thing. <laughs> so, so to do that on something where I could get a few hundred bucks, like, yeah, I'd, I'd probably feel worse. Fair. Right. Let's pivot away from Harland and all those stickers. Right. You're Canadian. This mm-hmm. is a world cup year. How cool is that? I, I, I don't know your age, but is it, were you born after 1986? Canada's mm. only other appearance in the world cup. Yeah, so I, I was born after '86, and Canada making the World Cup like this this year because we're, we are going to host in 2026. So making it this year is something that a Canadian soccer fan would never have predicted like for this year because we have been so historically bad. It, it's been comical. Um, like I I'm beyond excited for it, but it's just, I, I, it's, it's hard to believe it's actually, it, it is. I know we got a lot of young talent, but it is really just hard to believe. And like, it, it's kind of one of those things where like, it's probably going to be a little surreal when, when you, when I see it on, on TV in, uh, in the winter time. It's going to, it's going to be amazing though. Like, I think, okay, so, okay, I guess I'm English, but yeah, definitely take it for granted, just qualifying for World Cups. And it's, it's good to hear from someone like you, you know, this is literally a first time in your lifetime. Like, yeah. So, but, so I, I got to cut you off here because I just, yeah, I, need yeah. to, I need to tell you what it's like to be um, a soccer fan in Canada and just my kind of experience growing up. When you're growing up, you know, Canada being a, a multi, you know, multiracial, multi-ethnic uh, type of country, which is fantastic. Nobody's a Canadian soccer fan. You're an Italian fan. You're an English fan. You're a French fan. You're a German fan. Like whatever your, wherever your grandparents were from, essentially, that's the team you cheer for. So like when Italy won uh, in, I mean, I remember yeah, 20, 2006, when they won, uh, the streets were packed with Italian fans. Like, 
very few of those people were born in Italy, but either their parents or grandparents were from there. They might have only had one grandparent from Italy, um, but like they were the most Italian Italians I've ever seen. And, <laughs> and so like when you're from, like I said, when you're from Canada, you don't cheer for Canada. Like, so I, like, it's going to be interesting to see like, you know, people's allegiances or, uh, during this world cup. Cause it's like, oh man, like I've cheered for Italy, like not me, but like, it's like somebody's like, oh, I cheered for Italy like my whole life. Now I got to cheer for Canada, like the country where I'm actually like born and, and grown up in. Um, so it's, it's, it's funny. Like I have like friends, like one of my friends, good friends, he is Canadian. His parents are from India and he cheers for France because because Canada is just that bad at soccer. Yeah. And he's just like, and he's a, the reason why he cheers for France. He was a big Thierry Henry fan. So can just be any innocuous link like that. Yeah. Yeah. One player. I mean, that's, that's kind of, that, you know, that's kind of how it works. Like there's been nothing to cheer for here domestically, like up until, you know, really up until Davies, we, we haven't had anything close to a Canadian superstar. I, um, I, I was trying to think exactly this. Thomas Radzinski was was one of the only <laughs> Canadian players I could think of. But Junior Hoylet, like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. Yeah, actually, you know, one of the I think our best quote unquote Canadian was uh, was Owen Hargraves, and he didn't even play for Canada. Yeah, the one that got the one that got the away. One that got away. I I don't think he would have changed. I mean, he might have changed the fortunes of the national team a little bit, but um, but yeah, like I remember when he decided to play for England. Like when I was when I was younger, and it was like it was it was in the newspapers. But it's like nobody's like, well, why would he play? For, everybody was like, why would he play for Canada? Like we were terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. hopefully this is the start of things to come. I don't know. Hopefully it's not a complete one-off. Obviously as hosts, I assume they still automatically qualify in 2026, but yeah, hopefully, I don't know. I think there's, there's a great nothing to lose for Canada. Oh, there's nothing to lose plus talented young players. Okay. A couple definitely like David and Davis. Like Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a great position. Like you literally can't do any worse than 1986 where they lost all three games. Yeah, well, the so I, I mean, of course, I'm not not old enough to, uh, to remember that or be alive for that. But um, I did hear stories growing up about how you know our biggest moment in in soccer history was losing to France one nothing in the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> like we competed with, like we competed. We were we were on the same pitch. We were we were there. Um. So you're right. I mean, we like Canada has absolutely nothing to lose in this upcoming World Cup, and it, it's a it's a tough group um, that we drew. It's uh, we got Morocco, Croatia, and Belgium. So um, I think we're probably you know probably a third place team in that group, and just kind of hope that you know you draw one of those games against you know Belgium or Croatia, and then somebody loses you know, you know, a game they shouldn't lose and, and, uh, you just yeah. never know. But, um, I mean, for us just to be there, I think is, is going to be really cool. And then to host, you know, just knowing that there's a, at least a two world cup cycle is, is going to be, 
you know, pretty good for, you know, pretty important for the development of, of Canadian soccer. Um, but it, it's, it is something where, you know, especially with the growth of, of MLS um, in Canada, like it is, it is something that, you know, it, it is, it has been a long time coming, but it's, I guess, you know, the grassroots level is, is improving and there's, there is an investment in the game. And one of those, one of the things with, with, uh, I, I think you're, you're seeing more and more of, in, especially in, in basketball and, and now soccer's following suit is, I mean, because of the, the cost of, of sports, of other sports in Canada, so our national sport being hockey, like it's just, it's ridiculously expensive to play. Like, you know, soccer and basketball are, are cheap, relatively yeah. cheap. Um, so I think we are starting to see better athletes in our major cities, you know, going towards these sports in, in particular. And, and so it's not, I, I don't think it's going to be a one-off or two-off for us. Like I think you're going to see, um, you know, Canada's not going to become a superpower in soccer or anything like that. But I, I think you're going to, you know, I think we're going to hopefully be more consistent, at least in World Cups. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe win a gold cup or something. <laughs> not that, not that that really matters, but. Um, yeah, hopefully a cultural shift because like what you were saying about people supporting other countries, like not even bothering trying to support Canada, obviously in the World Cup you couldn't, but in terms of even before then, like it's sort of symbolic of, you don't have a team to relate to and like to inspire you. Like, totally. Young and kids. That, that's, and that's so important for, you know, getting kids into any sport, you need, you need something to aspire to. And, uh, it's, you know, so all we've had is, is MLS teams. And, um, I mean, no, no offense to the, to the MLS. Like it's just, it's not an overly exciting product. Um, and it's not, it doesn't have that cultural relevance yet, you know, fully in North America where it's like, it's a big deal. Um, and there are teams that are very well supported and in those spots, they've done a, a great job of, of making it a, an event to go to, but it's, it's still in it's, it's still in its early stages. Like it's still, you know, it, it's still devoid of, of real superstar talent uh, like a relevant superstar talent um, in terms of like, you know, younger players who are top players in the world, you know, playing in MLS. So it's, which is not what the league's aspiring to be, but it's just this, the point I'm getting to is that this world cup where it's actually like the biggest stage. I mean, this is like, you like kind of what you're getting at. This is, it's something where kids from all across the country are, are going to have something to, to look at on a global stage where it's like, whoa, there's, you know, Alfonso Davies, like, you know, plays for Bayern Munich. I, I, I don't know where Munich is on the map, but that is really cool. And he's in a world cup against, you know, you know, Belgium or whomever. No, I think, I think I don't know, it could be a good time to get Belgium in a world cup. <laughs> Yeah, the, the yeah they've uh, they haven't been so hot lately. They've got issues, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Like I said, nothing to lose. Tournament football is so interesting, and in, because it's just small sample size, you know, if you have an off night, that could be your tournament. Um, 
you know, a, a team game plans well and executes defensively and, and gets the draw and it can just, you know, screw over a top team. And, um, yeah, yeah there's so much, so much luck in these tournaments. I don't, I don't think it's, it's necessarily the, the best team, the best team that wins is just running hot at the right time and getting some, some fortunate bounces. And yeah, like you say, yeah, fortunate bounces over one match as opposed to a 38 game season or, Let's say NBA a seven game series. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Beauty of it. Well, look at I mean I mean look at uh, I mean just look at the the final of the Euro this year. I mean, it goes down to a shootout. Yeah, or penalty kicks, or you know whatever. It's, is there anything more random than that? Like, <laughs> did you did Canada have back in the day when you were a kid? You know the. I don't know if it was the MLS or like the tournament that preceded the MLS that they had these penalty kicks where you'd run from the halfway line and then yeah. have to even dribble or just slot it past the keeper. Yeah. So I think that was in the early years of the MLS, but I think it originated in the North American soccer league, yeah. which was, uh, I mean, that was like that league that in North America that tried to get all the best stars from Europe paid a lot of money and i think they got the over the hill you know pele and and beckenbauer and cruyff and and the older players uh but yeah they did that they did the funky shootout i uh you're a you're a hockey man isn't that that's what they do in ice hockey isn't it yes there's essentially that's that's what it is um but uh i think it's it's i think it's just wild to see and i think it's just wild to see in soccer like you just it makes yeah. no, it makes no sense. Like a breakaway, a breakaway in, in in soccer just doesn't. You just don't see too many of those ever. Like real, like real, like, just... re, like real breakaways. You know where you're running, like which is all yeah. alone. Yeah. But yeah. Anyone who hasn't seen it, just just YouTube. Like yeah, an NASL shootout, and it's it just looks weird and wonderful <laughs> by today's context. For sure. But no, a, a player you handily pick. Uh, Pulled up there, Johan Cruyff. Mm-hmm. One time, oh, I don't know what team was he. The Rowdies, maybe that was best. But any anyway, you you at one point, I don't even know, was it last year, twenty twenty? You picked up a lot of Cruyff cards and stickers. Yeah, um, I mean Cruyff is. Uh, so at, at the at the time, I was trying to pivot uh, towards vintage, and because he saw the. You know the Pele market and the the Messi rookies and the Ronaldo uh, rookies were starting to to gain traction, and I'm like, okay, like, and that wasn't the only one. A lot of people were like, you know, you know, how can we like which vintage um, things to get into? And I was just looking at, you know, which players uh, were kind of that other best players of all time, and yeah. at the same time, which guys were affordable. Um, and Cruyff has always stood out to me as just being a fascinating person, um, as you know, a superstar player, but then a superstar manager, and his influence on the game. And essentially, like I don't think anybody has been more successful in the sport, top to bottom, in everything they've done, and having such a such a major influence on the sport. Um, so it's like his story itself is just, has always been fascinating to me, even, even before, 
um, I got into, you know, back into the hobby. Um, I had read a, I read a book about, you know, La Masia um, and uh, the history behind it and, and all his, you know, his influence um, at Barcelona. And I was just like, I just thought he was just such a cool figure. So it was kind of a natural person to just try and um, for me to collect because I just was fascinated. And so I started, you know, just trying to pick up stuff. And I think my biggest regret is just not picking up enough. Um, so yeah. This is when you're in, this is, you're in Europe at this time, presumably, which made it a bit easier, I assume, because you were looking at, I assume Dutch releases, maybe German releases. Yeah. So I came home that summer, uh, back to North America and, uh, and so I was actually ordering stuff on European eBay to my Austrian address from North America. And I just, it was all going to my girlfriend's place and she was, <laughs> she was getting like mail. Like, I think when I came back um, after the summer, there was like at least 20 packages there of different stuff. And it was, it was pretty funny. And so I remember when I opened up everything, like it was like, it was an awesome like just an awesome evening, just kind of just opening up everything and seeing what type of condition everything was in. Um, so yeah, um, that was, uh, yeah, I got a, bought a lot of interesting things from different, just different places. And, um, yeah, I, I, there was, uh, like all that stuff has been graded now. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was, uh, it, I was, it was cool to get in early on, on his stuff because like, although like it hasn't gone up crazy, like the Pele stuff, like some of those, you know, those cards and stickers have, you know, I bought them for almost nothing and they're, they're worth yeah. quite a bit now. But no, yeah. I obviously know when you did buy and it, it, it was ahead of the curve. I know it sounds stupid to say ahead of a curve buying stuff from the, the seventies or late sixties in 2020, but it definitely was, he was hidden behind Pele and Maradona, but no, the, the, it's what you said about his, I, I definitely agree that he, I think he is the most influential single figure in the history of the sport. But even without all that post-career stuff, like he, he's in the, he's in the, he's a goat contender anyway. Like he doesn't even need all of that. The fact he has it is just an awesome bonus. But yeah, like I'm definitely, definitely jealous of some of the stuff stuff you picked up, you know, especially that World Cup sticker, which I'm looking for now in mid 2022, and it, it it's just obviously not impossible to find. But to find a nice copy for a, a nice price, like the ship has sailed way, way out into the ocean. Like that stick and and yeah, what I'll come on to is I think I always thought the Pele nineteen seventy was the most sort of iconic prized um Panini era World Cup sticker. I think with the extra rarity, seemingly the, the Cruyff seventy four could be the it could be the Panini era World Cup sticker. But yeah, that's 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 a that's a sticker you have, isn't it? Well, there's actually a story behind that, which is uh, really unfortunate for for my circumstances. Um, 
first of all, your 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 uh, your research that you, that you showed me about the pop counts uh, comparisons, uh, something that I I didn't pay close attention to. Um, his compared to others uh, recently, but it, it is it is true. Like it is rare to see that sticker anywhere. Um, like it, it's, I don't know why, I, I don't know why it's that rare, but. So I'll, I'll just, sorry, quickly interrupt you. Yeah. I'll just share those stats. So the, these are my sort of most iconic world cup stickers, shortlist and Pele 1970. There's 130 PSA copies, 35 BGS, 24 SGC, a total of one, 189 Cruyff 74. There's 29 PSA. 5 BGS, 3 SGC, so 37 total. And then the Maradon 82, you've got 82 in total between those three companies. 86, you've got 87 in total between those three companies. So yeah, the Cruyff is, and I like I like to think now, especially if you've got a copy, you're grading it. I don't just think there's thousands just sitting there waiting to be graded. Well, at, at, at this point, you'd, you'd have to be, right? You'd have to be yeah. submitting it. So my my unfortunate story is is this is um so th- there's there's a there's a fortunate story and an unfortunate story the the for- unfortunate one is is more interesting cuz all those stories are always <laughs> more interesting but uh so there was a seller on i was looking for that sticker that one specifically because as you um you know talked about the rarity of it like i didn't see too many of them on ebay and uh but and I was looking on Facebook and there was a seller selling, you know, posted that one and they posted a picture of a Maradona, both for like, uh, like 80 bucks, I think each. And the Maradona was a 1982 Este Liga one, which, um, which I hadn't got, which, so I bought both of them from this guy in Norway. Yeah. Uh, and anyways, uh, the Maradona looked looked solid exactly as advertised and the and the Cruyff comes back and like it looked fantastic like the front looked great the back looked great but the back looked different than um than the other ones I saw online like the pictures like it was it it wasn't the world cup story so that's not where I'm going like it was like the the 1974 back, but it, it just looked different. It was a lot brighter. The printing was bolder. Um, even the feel of the back was, it, it didn't look like a normal 1974 sticker. Yeah. Like would it feel was coffee stained in look. Yeah. So slight brownness. Yeah. And this wasn't like, this wasn't, this wasn't like that type of brownness. And I was just, it was really, I'm like, there's something about this sticker that's just off. And uh, I just couldn't couldn't find out what the difference was, and I ended up just trying to ask a lot of different vintage collectors, like, you know, what do you see? What do you know? Um, and nobody really had an answer until finally, you know, a few months later, on on a Facebook group, somebody, you know, I posted the pictures, and somebody said um, that so the back was reprinted. And it's, it, I guess it's common in, or it was common in Italy to, to reprint the back. And it might, it was, it's likely that mine was a recuperation sticker on the front, yeah. you know, 
and somebody just put a false back on it. And I, but it didn't even look like a, like it didn't even feel like a false back. It was just, it didn't look like it was, it didn't, I don't know how they did it, but it was, it was altered. Um, so I ended up just contacting the seller and, and he accepted it back for the, for the money back. Um, yeah. thankfully, but I mean, it was 80 bucks. It wasn't crazy. And it was, oh, so I don't, you, did, you did send both back. The no, 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 no. I kept the Maradona. Okay. Uh, kept the Maradona got it graded. Um, and that was legit. Like there was nothing wrong with the Maradona. And I, I don't think the seller was trying to, to dupe me or anything like that. Um, I just think he didn't know either. And then, uh, but then on, on the fortunate side, um, my brother, um, ended up buying a raw Cruyff 74, a real one on eBay, bought it for like 400 bucks, which is at the time was expensive for a raw sticker, but it ended up, it ended up grading a six. So, um, I think he's going to make out okay if he decides to sell that. Um, so yeah, that sounds like a big, a big outlay, $400, but from, yeah, looking for that sticker now that like, he did, he did very well. Yeah. It was a good punt. Yeah. And, and the only disappointing thing was, is like, I was the one who inspired him to, to buy Cruyff and, and, he <laughs> en- and he ends up with the, uh, the best one. And, and I mean, I still got some nice stuff, but that 74 sticker, like, I think it's like, just as you're kind of fascinated by it, I'm, I think it's such a great looking sticker. Um, just, yeah, it, it's a really, yeah, it's a really nice, it's a really nice one. Yeah, just what I love about it is well, it was his only World Cup, so obviously his only World Cup sticker. That rarity that I've said was definitely seems more rare than the Pele, hundred percent, and it's it's an iconic World Cup performance because I'm I'm not just about rookie cards. I think I think cards from years that you know that that player did something special, and mm-hmm. his seventy four performance was special. There was an amazing article that came out. Uh, it was on his anniversary, either of his death or anniversary of the tournament or something. Maybe it was just his birthday that just delved really deep into that 74 World Cup statistically. And they compared it to all the World Cup since. And some of the stuff he did in that World Cup was just insane. Some of the numbers he racked up. So, yeah, that sticker is, there's a reason I really, really want one, basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and that, yeah, I, you're right. It's, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate they didn't win it. That's the only way it would have been, you know, more, even, more even, special. But even, but he was still the player of the tournament with without winning it. So even then, in a funny way, because they've sort of gone down in history as maybe it's always the question: Were they the best team to not win the World Cup? So even then, they're probably talked about more than like Brazil in '94, for example, mm-hmm. by not winning the World Cup. Which right, <laughs> it's because yeah. it was such a crazy style of football, crazy in a good way. And, and they were just, the, they were the and they were the perennial favorites, right? But I mean, they played against uh, you know you know a, a really good defensive German team on on home, home soil for them. So um, yeah. like when you think about it, I mean, it's there's no guarantees, in, you know, especially in a in a game like that. Hundred percent. And I'm not going to say that sticker is under the radar, but I think in. I don't know, in relative terms it might be, but the other one that could really be under the radar is the sort of potentially the biggest World Cup Panini era sticker is the Beckenbauer from 1970. 
so far, there's only 18 graded across the three big grading companies, which 18, again, you don't know what's in the backlog, but that number that number is really interesting to me. And the Beckenbauer 1974, so from the same World Cup as that Cruyff, there's only mm-hmm. been eight graded, all of them PSA. So yeah, that, there's just, I don't know. I, I assume they're best pretty damn expensive now because it is a Beckenbauer, but yeah. In fact, Beck, Beckenbauer is a guy you've you've dabbled in. Is that is that right? Yeah, I would say dabbles fair. And you know, again, again, that was one of those. I was looking for different types of legends beyond, you know, the, you know, Pele, Maradona, um, and Beckenbauer was just one that came to mind. I mean, he's you know, widely considered one of the best defenders ever. Um, and at, one of the other things I was thinking at the time was. Um, him being a German star, like I German, you know, Germany is fascinated with American culture. So, um, there is a lot of, there are a lot of collectors in Germany. Um, but I figure if, if the hobby ever takes off to a global scale, I mean, you know, German collectors are going to want Beckenbauer. Um, but I, I, I do find it, I mean, those numbers are that you're talking about for those world cup stickers. I mean, those are really low. Um, but it's, and, and you're right, like 1974, I mean, he won, like he, you know, that was winning the world cup at home. I mean, even the 1971, it being, you know, the first set, I mean, that's, I, I don't know if that's, I don't know why, I don't understand the, the, you know, why some stickers are more submitted than others, especially for a player like that. Um, and you know, same thing for Cruyff. I just, it's, it's one of those unexplainables. Um, it just, it is. And, and I don't know if the backlogs, I don't think the backlog is going to yield, uh, you know, a lot more or anything like that either. So, but just, just Google both now, Google what you can find on eBay for both of those. And you, can, you probably can't find a single unstuck copy. Probably not. Like, yeah, probably not. They just dried out. Um, I mean, these were, I'm sure there's a ton of them that are stuck in sticker albums or just they're thrown out now. Um, yeah, it's, uh, but that, that, that also makes that, I mean, that is the most fascinating part of all this is, is the trying to hunt these things down and trying to find them. And, and when you do see them pulling the trigger right away on, on purchasing them, um, it's. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's, I mean, for me, like, especially when I was at that stage of, you know, buying almost anything, like that was, that was the most exciting part was, was really learning about everything and, and yeah, 100%. Uh, not knowing where you were going with it all. That's a, I know exactly what you mean. It like, it wasn't reckless. It was just, these things are a great price at the moment. You almost didn't have time to plan properly it was just like there's all these legends out there and just go find them pull the trigger almost worry about it later because the you know some of these things were like 10 20 dollars like it was just an easy risk at those prices that and that was like when my brother and i were discussing this stuff like that's that's what we decided we're like screw it we're buying everything and uh you know, we obviously didn't, you know, 
pull the trigger on anything really crazy where we're spending thousands of dollars, but, um, you know, otherwise I probably would have, you know, made way more money because that stuff went up too. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of like just click buy now and and research later for for a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) And Um, as much as I feel sorry for the postman, it was, it was just something, some, the excitement of something coming like every single week. Yep. At least one sort of package every week. It was crazy that. Totally. Um, yeah, there's some of the purchases were hilarious. Um, like what, like. <laughs> well, go on then. What's your most embarrassing in hindsight? Like rags to riches. Uh, I would say I bought a David. Beckham uh, Merlin sticker in 95 and it came I bought it for like I want to say like 12 pounds was what it was and when it came uh, on delivery like the centering was phenomenal and it ended up grading an 8 um, and I I think it was just because it was miscut like it was miscut a little bit so it wasn't exactly square but like the yeah. corners were perfect the like they, or they looked perfect from the eye test. Like I'm like this, I, I didn't think it would get a 10 cause of the miscut, but I'm like, this has a realistic shot at a nine. And I bought it for like 12, you know, 12 pounds and it comes back an eight. I'm like, that is incredible. Um, Good work. I, and then, uh, uh, I, I'm just pulling up my, I got to look at my inventory here cause I got it all, uh, just on pictures. And, I'm just uh, checking that Merlin sticker. If there's any PSA tens, I think there might not be. I double check. I think there's, oh, no, there are seven. Yeah, there's a handful. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. What were some other bargain purchases? Um, yeah, that. Uh, so I, I got that whole Poly for Log um, set. I, like not the whole set, but I got a bunch of those um, on my. Uh, like of all the legends, I got George Best. Uh, there was Cruyff in there. There's Beckenbauer. There's Yashin. There's Muller. Oh, yes. I remember the post. And so I bought a bunch of those because some guy, uh, I think in Switzerland uh, or Germany, was selling them as a lot for like $2 for the whole lot. And, <laughs> and, I, and when I received these... Like they're so they're kind of like printed on just normal paper. Just like I received these in the in the mail in an envelope, like no protection, but they were almost perfect. Like they like the corners and everything was like fantastic. Like some of those ones I got I sent in, like they graded be nothing graded lower than a five, and the highest ones were graded eights. And I bought these for like nothing. Um and like so I've already I've sold like I sold the I sold a Eusebio six, sold it on a private sale for like I think 160 bucks. Jesus. But like, I mean, I, I really, I bought it. If you, if you factor in how much I spent on those things, like I think I spent a total, I less, definitely less than $10 altogether. And yeah. yeah and so, um, I mean, that one was hilarious. Um, I mean, those would be like the really dirt, dirt cheap ones. I mean, there's a few others that were really low priced, but like, I just, I always think that's awesome when you buy something just for, 
for absolute pennies. And, <laughs> and it's then, almost and embarrassing. To... You almost you almost feel bad. Like, it's like oh, do I do I send the seller some money almost <laughs> as an apology? Like, uh, yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, there's, there's actually like, I'm still waiting on a, on a vintage return, but like, uh, I mean, there's a couple ones in there where, you know, you bought them early enough and at the right time where the seller just didn't know what they were selling. Yeah. And, um, and you're, you're kind of laughing at that stuff now. I mean, the thing, the thing is like, I, I'm, I'm very candid about my, my wins and losses. So like I've, I've talked about, you know, my biggest loss already today and so it's not like i'm sitting here bragging about like oh i did this and i did this because i also did a lot of stupid stuff but but i certainly take like a lot of joy from those little victories like they're they're nice 100 percent. okay and so obviously you're selling some stuff is that to reinvest in the hobby taking money out of the hobby like what what are you going after at the moment if you don't mind sharing like where's your collection going or yeah what what are you planning yeah um i would say like i'm trying to consolidate to some degree so like i i have uh i mean once the rest of my psa return comes back hopefully in the next couple months um you know i'll have a few hundred slabs of of you know a mix of you know you know great to to now you know junk slab almost um but i i mean i definitely my rarest stuff i want to keep and hold um so that would be like uh i mean i think my prized possession is uh uh my pele 1961 uh the uh ah, the international sportler ah what's the set called um, but it's that 1961 German release. And that was, so that's something I'll, I'll hold for a long time. I mean, that's the earliest best graded Pele I'll, I'll have, or will likely ever get my hands on. Cause I just can't afford Is it. The, the full body shot, like a full size card. Yes. Yes. Verlag. I think it's a Verlag. Yeah. It's a Verlag. It's, uh, Vanna Eichel. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. My German, um, international sportler. Yeah. So, um, I picked that one up raw, you know, at a, not a, I mean, I would say it's uh, I picked it up at a bargain now. Um, but it was still, I took a, you know, spent a couple hundred bucks on that. And I was shocked when it graded a 4.5. I wasn't expecting that high. Um, but obviously I'm happy it did. So, I mean, but I'm keeping that one. It's just a really just like that card. Um, yeah. and it's a full body shot Santos kit. Um, I think it's just really, just a really good looking card. Um, and it's a card, not a sticker. So I, I really like that part too. Um, yeah. So you, you have that sort of, I don't know, nostalgic uh, connection to cards growing up with all various different sports. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I definitely have a history with cards as opposed to stickers. Um, so anyways, like the stuff like that, I got a handful of, of really not really high end, but like higher end stuff for me that, that I want to hang on to um, some of the mid to lower end stuff of modern uh, and even vintage stuff. Like I'm, I have no problem selling cause I would like to consolidate and um, try and, 
you know, find a, a big card of some sort. Like I, I don't have, I don't have like a super big card that, that you would say is, is in the five figure range or anything like that. Uh, yeah. in the five figure range or anything like that, I think it would be really cool to have something like that. And if I could do that by, you know, selling stuff I already have that I bought for cheap, it would be like kind of free rolling a big card. Um, so I don't know what that, that card could be. Uh, maybe it would be one of the higher end Holland rookies because uh, the prices are starting to go down a bit where they could be more affordable. Um, so I was thinking exactly that. You could potentially trade in a few boxes of sealed product for something numbered from, I don't know where you are. I think I've heard you before say you don't really mind Dortmund kit, you know, as mm-hmm. opposed to Salzburg kit. But yeah, for something numbered of his, that I don't know that 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 would definitely tempt me. Yeah, that's actually that's what I would. Um, I mean, that's kind of what I I would lean towards is is that Chrome Bundesliga um, and a numbered card from that set. Um, yeah. There's, uh, I mean, you've seen the one on eBay on on eBay and seen the ones on eBay. I mean the tens still demand a premium. That's, that's the thing. Like you can definitely buy eights and nines that are, or even the odd raw one that's somewhat affordable after selling off a few pieces. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how the market goes. I mean, I'd also like to, I just haven't gone to any shows. Like I haven't been able to go to any big card shows where there's the ability to kind of trade, and buy and sell and accumulate cash quickly to flip for because yeah. ideally you're, you're getting a big card in a cash sale. Like it's, it's just the best way to go about getting something big because you know, everything's upcharged on eBay. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I kind of see myself, you know, doing something like that at some point it's, I mean, the hardest part quite frankly is just, selling everything that you don't want like even like especially the low-end stuff where you know you can make a few bucks off it but it's just it's it you know it's it's not it's 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 a it's a trap it's a trap we all fall into it's like okay this is worth this this is worth this this is worth this okay now try and sell it yeah you gotta exactly No, no one's buying it well i've had um it's I, I brought home with me, you know, from Europe. In Europe, it's really hard to sell lower end stuff because the shipping to North America is yeah, just exactly. slow and and you know not cost effective for selling low end stuff. So I brought a bunch of raw stuff home with me just so I could sell. And um, yeah, so I actually made a couple sales yesterday. Um, nothing crazy, but just kind of just have some some extra spending cash while in the home is nice. So um, I'll probably, you know, list a few more things in, in the next couple of weeks here. And the, the other hard Can you part. Mention... Sorry, no, was, no, uh, cut you off. I was just going to say the other, the other hard part is just when you actually like go to sell some of your raw stuff, you're like, ah, do I really want to sell this or should I hold <laughs> or should I, or should I grade it? And yeah. Cause yeah, I guess if you hold another year, suddenly grading could be $20 again at PSA. You never know. Right. So yeah, like it depends. Some stuff 
I like to say there's no rush, but some stuff, rookie stuff, there kind of is a rush a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, I'd say, I'd say def- hold on to that Johan Cruyff 74. Is it PSA 6? Am I right? The one your brother's currently holding? Yeah, he's got a 6, and he has no plans on on selling that one. Like, we've we've yeah, talked about good. that one. Yeah, like, there's... I like I said before, there's there's certain cards that we have between us uh, that like it's only going to go up, especially the vintage stuff. Like it's never ever really going to have any dramatic drops because it's not they're not valuable enough where you're going to see those big fluctuations. But it's they're still valuable enough where or scarce enough where it's it's if it's worth 500 bucks now or a thousand bucks now like it's not going to go down to a hundred bucks like it's going to be somewhere in yeah. that neighborhood um and there's there's still only there's only six copies graded higher no psa 10s one nine two eight three seven so six may not sound great well no to modern standards but no that six is an awesome awesome copy oh for sure for sure like i I only wish that I only wish that the one that I bought was was a was a real one. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty upset about that, but it, it send is it to BGS. <laughs> send it to BGS. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what a bunch of clowns over there! Get your revenge finally. <laughs> Actually, no, yeah. they probably don't have the buyback, do they? Like PSA? I, no, no, I don't think so. But whatever, they're they're dead to me. They'll never see one of my cards again. <laughs> Oh man, but no, I, I don't blame you, unfortunately. Uh, but no, one thing I want to finish on, you made a recent trip to the UK. Yeah. Like, how was that? That was, I loved it. Like, I didn't think I was going to, um, so I went to London and I did not think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. Like, I thought it was going to be uh, a really cool place to visit, but it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, what a great, what a great city. Um, are, are you, so this is the first time just by the sound of it. S- sort of, uh, I had a layo a, a one day layover in London and I didn't get to see anything one time. Um, so this was my first real trip. Uh, and I was, yeah. I mean, the weather was as advertised. It was, it was not good. Um, but, <laughs> but the actual city itself and the, the, the sights and the the food. I'm a big food guy. Uh, it was like, it's definitely a place I, I, I want to go back to again as soon as I can. Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. Time it, time it for a card show. So I actually went during, uh, when that the London card show was on and, uh, it was, so I went with my girlfriend though, and I said to her, I'm like, can we go to the show? And she's just like, that's a hard no. <laughs> she's just, she was, she was totally against that. It's really not in London. It, yeah. You would have got a nasty surprise how much travel it would have taken. No, I wouldn't have been surprised because I quickly learned how big that city is. And I could not believe it. Like that city is massive. Um, and so when I saw on the, on the map where that show was, I'm just like, this is, an hour away from where I'm staying. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but uh, I know you went to you went to a first ever. I'm not going to say first ever football match, but yeah, first Premier League, first big five league 
Yeah. Which, is, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. It was, um, like, uh, I had been, uh, I had been to MLS games and I had been to an Austrian Bundesliga game, but of the major leagues, this was my yeah, first one. Saw West saw a game at London Stadium, West Ham versus Arsenal, and it had been my dream for like years to go to a Premier League game. Ever since, actually, ever since I watched uh, Green Street Hooligans when I was a kid, um, <laughs> you know, not a kid as a teenager. I'm just like I wanted to go to a, a Premier League game so badly, and uh, and like I was really hoping like to get really, really drunk and like fight, you know, you know, getting some, some fights with the away fans. Uh, but like that didn't happen <laughs> probably, probably for the best that that didn't happen. Um, but no, uh, I, um, I did always want to go to a, a premier league game. And, and so, uh, like, uh, my girlfriend, uh, bought me some tickets as a, as a, a birthday gift from, she owed me one. Uh, she had always promised uh, a couple of years ago before COVID hit. She for my birthday, she's like, "We're going to go to a to a big soccer game." And so after two years, I was able to cash in on that. Um, and it was uh, I, I, the only like uh, the experience was was great, except for like I was telling you, you know, before we started recording, I was actually really disappointed with the home fans and, and kind of the atmosphere. Um, to what I expected. Like I thought it was going to be, you know, the 60,000 fans chanting and, you know, all game and stuff like that and getting really rowdy. Quite a big game, big like battle for fourth place still yeah. would have been on. Yeah. London Derby. Yeah. And the, the, the West Ham fans were very disappointing. Like um, it was uh I mean, I was close to the Arsenal fan section and they were going nuts all game, um, which was cool to hear them. But I was hoping the the West Ham fans would be, you know, chanting a lot more. Um, the one cool thing was was singing the the Forever Blowing Bubbles song. Um, so I, I know those words verbatim after seeing Green Street Hooligans like <laughs> 20 times. Um, so I was, I was, had my hands up and I was singing that song out loud and my, my girlfriend thought it was hilarious. Um, but I didn't care. Was, so that was fun. Um, is, is this the same girlfriend from Austria? Yeah. Yeah. I'm about the same girl. I'm amazed when you said that she owed you something after <laughs> all the stuff you put her through driving you around <laughs> supermarkets of Austria, sending 20 boxes of cards and stickers to her when you, is it, you weren't even in the country at that point. Yeah, she she puts up with a lot. She's a, she's a winner. Um, she she puts up with a lot with me. There's, yeah, it's I've, uh, well, yeah, I, I won't get won't get won't get uh, <laughs> won't get too much. I, I definitely owe her. I definitely owe her a lot. And I mean, I did just buy I did just buy her a recent. You know, I, I paid for a re, not the London trip, but I I told her I owed her a vacation, and we went on vacation. I yeah. I paid for it. So. Um, so I don't know maybe maybe we're even in that sense, but um, but yeah, yeah, uh, she uh, she she puts up with a lot. Uh, I'm... <laughs> to use a card term, she sounds like a long term hold. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not a quick flip. She's she's not a quick flip. Definitely not. She's Green Street. Am I right? Was it Elijah Wood? Was in that? Yeah, dude. The that... Weirdest casting ever. Yeah. So 
I watched that in about two. Th- went, like, I think it came out in 05, and I think I might have watched it in about 06 or 07, so shortly after. Um, and so when when we were looking at ga- so we were looking at games to go to, um, <laughs> we were looking at games in London to go to, and uh, ta- so Tottenham had a home game that weekend, and and then West Ham had a game at home that weekend. Chelsea was on the road. Um, and the Tottenham tickets were just too expensive for like really bad seats. It was like hundred pounds a ticket for like the worst seats in the house. And we found, um, you know, 55 pounds each for like bad seats and um, whatever. I just want to go to the game. I don't, to be honest, that's decent. Yeah. Nowadays, unfortunately. Anyways. So, um, so that was, that looked like it was more affordable. So we picked that game and, and, and also it being a derby game, like, I'm like, oh, that's going to be sick. Like, um, but I said to her, I'm like, okay, like we're going to this game. Like you got to watch green street hooligans. Like I'm making you watch this. <laughs> and, uh, and then she, we watched it and she wasn't expecting that type of movie <laughs> where it was like, just guys just beating the shit out of each other for, for yeah. an hour and a half. And, uh, and she just, she's like, but why do they do that? I'm like, it's because I'm like, they just, they do. That's what they do. They just like, that's their whole thing. She just never, she just didn't understand it. <laughs> there's a, there's a documentary. It might be from vice on YouTube. Of this guy, he might even be in Canada. It's Canada or the U S who is just obsessed by. So he, he is a local, so either American or Canadian, but he's obsessed by that sort of English fo- football culture. He's trying to get all his friends like into it, sort of like, during match day, he's always literally like bumping his chest into them and like, oh, right. but <laughs> they just, they just won't follow him and get into it. And it's just, I almost feel really sorry for him. He needs to find his tribe, but he just, he just can't find it. Well, it, it is, it is, it is a wild culture. Like I don't, I obviously, I don't think it's like that anymore. Well, I mean, I'm sure there is some stuff, but like I was, so we're sitting by the Arsenal supporters and then lower closer to the pitch, like right behind uh, the goal, there was uh, part of the Arsenal supporter section. And then you could tell there was like a lot of hardcore West Ham supporters down there because they were jumping up and down. And like, that was probably the real um, kind of hardcore rowdy, you know, younger fans. And whenever, whenever there was a goal either way, the fans were doing beer showers, like in those, just in that lower <laughs> section alone, but they were, they were running up to the fence and like, obviously shouting like whatever at the other fans, like probably, yeah. you know, like my, all the, all the, the British, uh, swear words, which I think are hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so like down there and my girlfriend was just looking at this. She's like, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, that's so cool! I wish we were that down there, um, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would love to like experience it every like all like I would love to experience something like that, just short of the fighting part. Like, I wouldn't want to like fight yeah. for fight for no reason because it's just stupid. But um, yeah, I mean, just being a total idiot, like just for at least one match, I think would be funny. Um, yeah, not a not an every weekend lifestyle thing. I, I I don't know what's wrong with those people, but yeah. I think the day before, I'm, I'm disappointed you didn't go to Watford Burnley. 
I mean, why would you go to West Ham Arsenal when you could go to Watford Burnley? I would bet the I would bet the crowds at those games would probably be like way crazier. Yeah, uh, I, I chat with uh, with uh, a, a Burnley fan infrequently on uh, on Instagram, uh, and he's always uh, he's he's a pretty funny guy to chat with, and he's uh, just uh, calls things you know calls uh, calls things as he sees it, and and he has pretty some some funny color commentary and just. He he does say like you'd love going to a Burnley match like you, you know why go to like one of these you know, I know essentially just like a I I was the tourist at the game so going to a tourist game so you never know maybe maybe that is the place to be yeah unfortunately not in the Premier League next season but anyway yeah <laughs> I we have gone a long time geez but no I just I guess I need to wrap it up unfortunately just say. Huge fan of your stuff. That's why oh, I wanted to get you, you on. Likewise. And find it. Likewise. Oh, thanks. But yeah, just your Q&As you used to do. And I say used to do because I'd love you to start doing them again. Your sort of, yeah, Instagram Q&As where you just, every single question, you'd crack me up with your answer. <laughs> but, but beneath it, there was there was always a good point or an actual nugget of information just in a hilarious way. I I, yeah. I appreciate that. I. Yeah, I've gotten away from that, not because like it's not something like it is something like I just had fun with, but I think I've just yeah. pretty busy like with life. So, <laughs> uh, but you know what? I, I I do have some free time in the next little bit. Maybe I'll maybe I'll bring it back up uh, this week just just for you. But yeah, I don't know if character is the right word, but the, yeah, the Harlan three sixteen. In fact, <laughs> you for about a year or so, you never sway from character. I, I admire the, I admire the <laughs> dedication to just completely go all in all the time. Yeah, well, I am a, I am a big, or, or not anymore, but I was a big wrestling fan growing up, big WWE guy. Um, yeah, Steve Austin. Yeah, so I really enjoy the villain, like not, not uh, like be, not me personally, like like trying to be a villain or anything like that, but I just love people who play the villain and do a good job of playing the villain. Um, yeah. So kind of like just, you know, having a lot of character in those posts and, and trying to just trying to rile up the crowd was, it's just always funny. So I was a little bored during, uh, you know, you know, just a little bored with my evenings. And so maybe I'd kind of just do something for fun like that. So, yeah. Cause yeah, the, these are my dream accounts. The people who, have a laugh with it because it is a hobby and it can just get a bit too serious and bitchy and just weird when money's involved but but beneath it all actually have like a lot of insight or just experience in the hobby it's just the best of both worlds i i appreciate it thank you it's like like you're talking about like seeing the seriousness from a lot of accounts and and my my I mean, there's a lot of accounts that I that I follow, not because I enjoy following them, but just because I think they're stupid. <laughs> and I'm not going to single anybody out, uh, but uh, it's just funny to to see accounts that are that obviously take themselves seriously. So um, I, I do think humor is good for everyone, and uh, even if it's just for me, I'm, I'm okay laughing at my own jokes, even if they're not, even if other people don't think they're funny. So. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. I can only speak for myself, but yeah, you're not the only one laughing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. Casey, great to talk to you and yeah, great to find out a bit more and please keep hold of that Cruyff. I'll tell you what <laughs> I will. I will. No, th- thank you for having me on. I, I appreciate you and, and I appreciate what you bring to the hobby and, and your content is, is excellent. I, 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 always, I always look forward to, um, to clicking on your stories uh, in particular. You know, these, these podcasts are long form. It's, it's always nice to, you know, to try and listen to a little bit when you can. But I really do enjoy your, your stories, actually. Like, I always think you, you do provide a unique perspective. So, um, you know, it, it is... Uh, I think you're doing a great job as well. So thank you for, for letting me there be a go. part of this. Putting that on the CV. I'm putting that on, on my bio. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, take it easy. Thanks. And I'm not going to say enjoy the World Cup already, but yeah, all the best. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>